0: Hello and welcome to The Mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson. Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. The weather's getting warmer. Most reasonable states are letting people go back outside. Things are good. And we got a lot of good or at least compelling esports this weekend because I don't know how great the Overwatch matchups are, but there's definitely some storylines here. There are there are storylines out the wazoo here because you've got you've got three Asian Asian region games both days and three North America both days, and oh boy, you've actually got four on Saturday. You got four on Saturday, you got three on Sunday. But two of those really jump out at me, because I think we've kind of determined that Asia is just a tad bit overrated, because they've just been beating up on each other, and even then, there's no real clear best team. They're all just kind of equally meh. Even New York, like even NYXL are just equally meh compared to everyone else in Asia. Like the five Korean teams, Seoul and NYXL, like they're all not great. And I kind of knew that about NYXL all year because even when they were playing homestands against other Atlantic Division competition, they were only really beating bad teams. They were beating them convincingly, but when they played the fusion they got stomped. And that pattern is just continuing. As far as the the North American games, got a couple of good ones. Like Paris Eternal versus LA Gladiators should be a reasonably good game. Like Paris is weird because Paris comes across as a team like that plays to the level of their competition rather than really having their own identity. And since LAG are a good team, they should be able to at least kind of hang with them. They're the Philadelphia Fusion's kryptonite. They keep forcing them to map five, despite not being as good. And I don't think you'll get the same thing with them against the Gladiators. That it's a little more evenly matched on paper. Gladiators are still really good. But I, I don't know what that one. Obviously... The big, big storyline when it comes to Overwatch this week is the Vancouver Titans just cutting their entire roster. <laughs> and as of recording this, if you look on the Overwatch League's website and you look at the roster for the Vancouver Titans, it is completely empty. That's not good when you have games scheduled very soon. Now, they're going to sign players from second wind. But all the reports I've seen is that it's only five. You need six people to play overwatch because only five of the eight players on second wind are 18. They're going to sign Caden, Shredlock, Dalton, Hegan and roof. That's only five guys. They are they are the only guys on second wind who are 18. The other three, Iced, Ultraviolet, and uh, Speedily, they are underage, so they can't play in Overwatch League. Because, as most people know, you have to be 18 to play in the Overwatch League. Which uh, caused some controversy with uh, recent defector, if you want to call him that, Uh, Sinatra signing an absolutely fat contract when he was still 17 and couldn't even play like the first two months of his rookie season. But yeah, right now, I mean, obviously they're going to sign a sixth player. We just don't currently know who that is. Obviously, they're going to need to have someone because they have games this weekend. And thankfully, it's against Washington and Florida. It's not a mind-blowingly difficult matchup. Like they don't have to play Philly. They don't have to play a, a good they don't have to face Philly. They don't have to play San Francisco. Like they don't have to play a good team. They're they're playing not amazing teams. Like they're playing they're playing Washington who are second to last in the standings. And Florida is 7th, but they are 5 and 4. So, (laughs) it's not like you're dealing with mind-blowing competition here. And the Vancouver Titans are technically 2-2, and but this is a brand new team. So, I have no idea what these guys are really going to do. Because, like like any Overwatch fan knows, Contenders is kind of dead. So, you don't really get much news coming out of there. But if the name Second Wind sounds familiar... That is the team who tried to sign quote unquote Ellie, who uh, actually turned out to be a dude, and they got ridiculed by me for that insane decision. <laughs> then Houston versus Atlanta should be at least okay. Houston has been on somewhat of an upswing the past couple weeks. Atlanta's been shaky. They've been okay, but they've been they've been kind of shaky. And Valiant are just going to absolutely stomp the uprising. And then the Sunday games, Fusion will handle the Dallas Fuel no problem. Toronto Defiant lost their best player, so there's no way they're beating San Francisco Shock, who have been playing without their best player for the last month and have still been doing okay. And now they're... They're used to playing without him and Florida versus Vancouver. I have no idea because the Titans don't technically have a roster at the moment. So it's really hard to judge. I think if it is that group of contenders guys, and then one more, I think they're going to be incredibly hungry and want to prove themselves. And who knows, maybe these guys are actually really good and they were just, they were just stuck in contenders because I mean, second wind is from that part of the country. Maybe they were just stuck in contenders because they didn't want to like the Titans or anyone else didn't want to mess with the team they already have because the Titans up until very recently were one of the Korea only teams. And really that's what caused all this. Like that's, That's the meat and potatoes of the issue is they, they didn't want, they wanted to go back home to Korea to be closer to their families, which makes sense. And they said they wanted a, a team house or some kind of facility to work out of in Korea and the ownership group said, no, no you guys own the Vancouver Canucks. You could have absolutely afforded a house in Korea. And they had to play from home, which, of course, caused some technical hiccups. Like, even though teams right now are playing online, most of them are in the same building. Like, they have team houses in their home cities. In New York Excelsior moved back to... Korea with no problem and that is a bigger time difference. Like the the Vancouver home office said they had issues with communicate communication because of the massive time difference between Vancouver and Korea. New York's is worse. And they went back totally fine. New York's time difference is even worse than Vancouver's to South Korea. So clearly that's a that's a Titans problem, and that organization is just an absolute disaster. And given that they own the Canucks, I'm not really surprised. Yeah, that, that team is a mess. Like this is this is the biggest roster blow-up the Overwatch League has ever seen. And I thought London was bad. This is a million times worse because it's in the middle of the season. London actually survived the season before their roster blew up last year. They've barely survived the season. They weren't very good last year and they're still not very good this year, but they at least survived the season last year and are more than likely going to survive this season. Vancouver didn't even accomplish that. And they've played four games total. (laughs) They've played four games total. And more and more details have been coming out because after all the technical hiccups of their first set of online matches, they refused to practice. They refused to even play for the team. So the team decided, all right, well, we're going to bring you back to Vancouver so you can be in the team's facility. And by all accounts, this facility is really nice. (laughs) Like, if the contenders guys from Second Wind are moving into it, are, like, moving to Vancouver right now, and they're getting a facility this nice, like, it is a massive facility, it's got a gym, it's got a personal chef, it's fully stocked, like, that sounds like a dream. (laughs) I mean, I know, I'm... I'm American, so me being in Vancouver right now would not be as big a deal as someone from South Korea who's in Vancouver. Like, rather than the other side of one of the world's largest oceans, it's the other side of one of the smaller continents. But still, like, I would. And Vancouver. the the ownership group, not necessarily the team themselves, have botched this entire thing. Because fans of the Vancouver Titans weren't actually fans of the Vancouver Titans. They were fans of Runaway. The, The original name of that team. Like, they just recruited an entire roster. And they didn't really do much to create their own identity. It took them, it took them half the seat over half the season last year to even get a dedicated translator. So they had like super limited availability to English speaking media, which last time I checked is what they speak in Vancouver. So they had no way to connect really at all to their, the local audience. And it showed because they didn't have that much of a fan base because, I mean, you're you're not going to connect with a team that doesn't speak the same language as you, at least as well. Like, because, sure, New York Excelsior, they are an all-Korean roster, but they immediately hired a translator. They immediately were doing interviews through translators with subtitles. There was plenty of translated media to find a way for this team to connect with a New York audience. They didn't hire a translator. They didn't do anything to establish their own identity. Like the Vancouver Titans didn't have an identity. They were just, Oh my God, this team is really good. And they used to be called runaway. They weren't runaway anymore. They didn't even have the same colors. They switched to that very typical Vancouver blue and green. His runaway's primary color was pink. And I mean that was already taken by uh, by Guangzhou, but still, or uh, not not Guangzhou, um, Hangzhou. Like Hangzhou took the pink, so I get that. And sure, you want you want that Vancouver consistency because I mean the Canucks use it, the Whitecaps use it. I get it. All the, I think the BC Lions use it too. Like Vancouver is the same way as Pittsburgh. All the teams use the same colors. I get that, but they didn't do anything to establish their own identity as the Vancouver Titans other than just, oh, we're really good and we're from Vancouver. They they did nothing to connect with the local audience and that doesn't make, see, that's the thing. They probably don't really know how because Canadians are just going to be drawn to hockey anyway. You... I'm sure there are esports fans in Vancouver, but you have to connect with them. And they didn't. And they completely messed up their handling of this. Runaway was one of the most popular teams in the history of Overwatch. They were the most popular team outside of Overwatch League in 2018. And when they got signed, everyone was ecstatic. But they did nothing to capitalize on that. And now they have to pay the price and throw a team of contenders players out there in the middle of the season. Who knows? This might work better. This might force them to develop an identity for this team because you're going to need one. Like next season, if, and when you can do homestands again, you want people to show up. You want butts in seats in Vancouver. Because, look, Vancouver was never going to be L.A. Vancouver was never going to be San Francisco. It was never going to be New York. It was never going to be Philly. But you could at least do something to draw a crowd. It was never even going to be Dallas or Atlanta. And Dallas and Atlanta proved to be really good. Vancouver could surprise me because I didn't expect Dallas and Atlanta to be good. They won't get that chance this year, obviously. But next year, if there is even a next year for Overwatch League or the Vancouver Titans because that is up in the air for both of them, really. If there is a next year for the Vancouver Titans, they have to find up find some way to come up with an identity for this team. They have to. Like most of the other successful teams have done it. I'll, I'll use my team as an example, the fusion. they, they have all the Philly connections. they They did the same thing basically. they they have the black and orange of the Flyers. It is the same shade of of orange. But they did the it's always map five in Philadelphia thing. They had the the Poco bomb. Like they did stuff to market the team to Philadelphia. it helps that more of the players are from areas of the world where English is significantly more common. Like Poco doesn't need to speak through a translator. He just speaks English with a really thick French accent. Funny Astro is British. Like you, it was a little bit easier for them because you have people who speak English, but they aren't American. So it's still a weird connection and they made it work. New York Excelsior made it work too. And that was more of a challenge because they had a team of all Koreans. Vancouver Titans should have followed their lead. And they didn't. And now they're paying the price. So I don't know what's going to happen to the Titans the rest of the way. Hopefully they can actually finish the season because they don't currently have a full roster. And they had a really good team. They had the runners-up of the 2019 season. I don't get it. I don't get it at all, but we'll we'll see the rest of the way. Lucky for them, like I said, they have two very easy matchups this weekend. And they probably could win them. But it's going to be a challenge. And it's going to be a challenge for them to establish any kind of identity as the Vancouver Titans. I hope they can because like their their logo and the the team name like their entire concept is really cool. They had they had one of the better better logos of logos names color schemes everything of the the expansion teams. They were they were among the the better options. So we'll see what happens. But that's all I got for Overwatch League up next. The other active Blizzard League who, despite also not being able to do home events, is doing a lot better. We'll get into the COD League up next here on the mashup. Alright, so I don't normally like talking about drama, but we have more drama. It's nowhere near as bad as what's going on in Vancouver with the Titans, but it is still a thing that needs to be discussed because it's honestly very similar to the double if situation with team liquid, where for whatever reason a player got benched and that information was not communicated to the player himself. Now this is not a team I thought would be responsible for this or a player who it would happen to the Chicago huntsman. And gunless. I didn't think this would really happen to Chicago. I thought they were above stuff like this. And I mean, it's clear they benched him because general was on Twitch scrimming with the rest of the huntsmen. And Gunless was noticeably absent. So that's definitely a sign that, okay, he got benched, but no one told him. He had to hear it from outside sources. His direct quote from his Twitch stream on Monday, I didn't even know I was benched until Monday. I'm guessing he said today. Nobody wanted to say a word to me. Ain't that sad. The only reason I learned that everything was happening was from effing other people. None of my teammates wanted to say a word to me on what was happening. Now, if all of that is true, which I have no reason to believe it isn't, that's a bad look for the Chicago roster and, and management. That is a bad, bad look for one of the they're one of the preseason favorites to win the whole thing they were my preseason favorite to win the whole thing and that has definitely changed given their struggles the past couple events and now this like i don't know what's going on with them he hasn't been playing that great but neither of scump formal and I mean you're not going to bench the two of them unless you get really desperate like you're not going to bench the two stars of your team the heart and soul of old optic which let's be real that is what the huntsman carry is the heart and soul of old optic that's been kind of a subplot of the entire season is that very real fact that like yeah they have hex they have scump and they have formal all you're missing is nade shot and this may as well be optic And they have the same colors, too. So that's been kind of a through line with Chicago the entire season. And for the most part, they've been living up to it. And this is definitely an issue. And I don't know where this is going to lead. I don't know if they can resolve this. or I mean, if Chicago isn't playing this weekend, they're playing at the Seattle event in two weeks. But if if General plays well, like if Chicago does well at that event, and they have a very real chance to, just given the rest of the lineup of teams, their only real competition is Minnesota, they might go with General for the rest of the season and probably just trade gunless. Because if he's mad about getting benched with no one communicating that information to him. There's going to be problems with the rest of the team. Even if they can kind of patch things over, that'll still be in the back of his mind. And it sucks that they did it that way, but I mean, they should have told him. And the fact that none of the rest of the team wanted to talk to him either. It wasn't just the coaches and hacks. Like it was everybody tells me there's a little bit more going on there. There's a lot going on there that we don't know about and probably never will. Unless he gets traded or leaves the team or does something and then just comes out and talks about it because he can. But as long as he's on the team, he's probably not going to talk too much about it. And even after he leaves, he probably won't talk that much about it. But that's enough of the drama. Let's talk about the actual schedule for this weekend. And another team also made a lineup change, Optic LA, but I don't think there was as much drama involved. They took they took JCap out and put Chino in in his place. I don't know how much that does for Optic LA's chances. They were kind of an outside shot at this anyway, because three of the best teams in the league are playing in this event. And, my God, Cod League is spoiling us. Two of them are playing each other. Minnesota and Florida are the last game of the day on Friday, which is today, if you're listening to this when it came out. And that should be a really good matchup because that's two of the best teams in the league. And they're two of the surprise teams because no one expected them to be this good. Like, Florida was the team of cast-offs from everyone else that no one wanted, and they've played incredibly well together. And Minnesota was just a lot of young guys, and they've turned out to be really good. They've turned out to be really, really good. And I'm hoping these other matchups can at least be semi-interesting. Atlanta versus Paris should be okay, because Paris is a solid lower-middle-tier team. London and Optic LA should be decent enough to, I have very little hope that New York versus Toronto will be good. The only way that'll be good is in the same way that, uh, that the very famous infamous uh, Boston uprising versus Houston outlaws match from the overwatch league where in an attempt To win three games, they needed to play seven maps. I think this game will be very similar to that because these are the two worst teams in the league. These are 100% the two worst teams in the league. And they're playing each other in prime time. (laughs) That's not amazing, but they made all these schedules months ago, so I can't fault them too much. But Minnesota and Florida should be really good. Minnesota and Florida should be really, really, really good. As far as the whole weekend goes, I mean, let's be real here. There are three teams with a chance to win this thing. Atlanta, Minnesota, Florida. That's it. I mean, something crazy could happen. But given the fact that Toronto and New York are in Group A with Minnesota and Florida probably the second and third best team at this event in a same group as the two worst. Yeah, not going to end well for them. Not going to end well for them at all. I think my actual pick might be Atlanta just because they're Atlanta. But I say Florida and Minnesota both have a very good chance to win the whole thing. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it's any of those three. I think Florida is a little bit more likely than Minnesota, just because this is their home series, and they could match both Atlanta and Dallas in that in winning their home series, like Atlanta, and winning two like Dallas. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. I'm I'm definitely interested to see what happens this weekend because other than that one change to Optic LA, these are mostly the same teams. Like New York subliners have changed their lineup so many times. It's hard to tell. Same thing with Toronto. Cause they signed 10 people and a uh, whole lot of good, uh, that did them because they're terrible. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking your, your group a winner's game is probably Atlanta and London. That should be really good. And then your both your Group B and both your Group B second round games are going to be absolute stomps because no matter who wins out a New York and Toronto, they have to play the winner of Minnesota and Florida. And they any combination of those four teams ends with a stomp by Minnesota and Florida. Any combination of, of those teams, of New York and Toronto playing either Minnesota or Florida ends in a complete stomp, like absolutely dominant three 0 because these teams are actually good at search and destroy. So it's not like they can get, they can get a lucky win on search because they're not going to win search. Like the first, the next truly interesting game is when Minnesota or Florida play Atlanta and then the finals because it'll be some combination of those three teams in in the finals because that's just that's just how it always goes and of course something crazy is going to happen and like Paris will beat Atlanta or something crazy like that because that's just what happened to, that's just what happens at all of the online events so far but i think this one this one might be the first one to go a little bit more chalk And that's okay because, let's be real here, there are five legitimate title contenders in the Call of Duty League right now. Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Minnesota, Florida. Not in that order necessarily, I'd probably say Dallas, Atlanta, Minnesota, Chicago, Florida. But you still have five. That's about 40-ish percent of the entire league. In your first year, having just under half the league in conversation for title contention, that's nuts. How many first-year leagues can say that five of their teams, five of their 12 teams are legitimate title contenders? Like, look at the AAF last year. It was clear that if they finished their season, the Orlando Apollos would have been their champion. The XFL was a little bit harder to tell because they had a little bit more parody, but last year, the AAF, it was very clear that the Atlanta, if they had finished the season last year, that the Orlando Apollos would have won the entire thing. In COD League, I couldn't tell you. It's going to be one of those five, but that's still five teams to pick from. And I know we're still months away from the championship, but Still. Like the fact that about halfway through the season, a little, over, actually, right at the midway point of the season, there are still five teams in a legitimate title conversation is insane. Normally, teams would be weeded out by now. And honestly, that's a good thing because not a lot of esports leagues, especially American esports leagues, have this kind of parity. They just don't. Like, Overwatch League doesn't have this. The LCS definitely doesn't have this. It's kind of refreshing to not be able to pick the winner a month into the season. I mean, we're more than a month into the season. We're about three months into the season, but still. It's nice. It's a nice change of pace after... It's gotten to the point in in the season where it's pretty clear that the Philadelphia Fusion are the best in the Overwatch League or a month into the LCS Spring Split, it was very clear Cloud9 were going to win the whole thing. It's nice to have unpredictability. To not know with very little shadow of a doubt to... To know who's going to win. Because I'm not sure. I'm legitimately not sure. I can narrow it down to those five. I can't go any lower than that. Because all five of them have a chance. All five of them have won events. And all five of them have a chance to win the whole thing. And I wouldn't be surprised with any of them. At all. Any one of those five teams could win. And I'm excited for the rest of the season because the season runs through the, the regular season runs through the end of July. We still got two and a half more months of regular season COD league. And who knows, maybe the championships will be able to happen with a crowd. I hope they can, but we'll see. Obviously that's a situation that changes daily. So we'll have to see about that one, but I'm I'm remaining optimistic that the COD League, at least the championships, will be able to be played in front of a crowd. And hopefully they can, because that would be awesome. Same thing with Overwatch League. And the LCS summer finals. Like, all of it. But we'll have to see. We'll have to. That that is very much a wait-and-see game. But. That's what I've got for COD League. Let me know your predictions on Twitter, at RealPatterson50, at Mashup underscore pod. Let me know what you think is going to happen this weekend. Do New York and Toronto have any chance of even getting to Sunday? (laughs) I don't think they do, but you never know. But let me know on Twitter. I'd love to know what you guys think. But one more segment left in the show with the um, quarantine trickle of... Traditional sports news, and we'll wrap it up. That's up next, here on The Mashup. So, the first two stories of this last segment are just proof we need sports back, and we need them back as soon as possible, because people are losing their freaking minds. And we'll start with the caps, because I have a lot more to say about Earl Thomas, since that more... Directly impacts my team. Anyone who knows me knows I am far from a Caps fan, but I have plenty of friends who are Caps fans, and yeah, this is a bad, bad look. Oh my god. One, if you're going to have conversations like this, have them. Well, one, try to avoid having conversations like this because it's just a bad idea. He said some very terrible things about former teammates, current teammates. Like Tanner Pearson from the the Canucks, one of his former teammates. Direct quote, look how fat Pearson's wife is, LOL. Alrighty, that's already not great. And let's be real. If he's still on the Caps or whatever team he ends up on next, if he ends up on one at all, the next time that team plays the Canucks, Tanner Pearson is going to beat him up. (laughs) And he will have deserved it. Then, his two line mates with the Capitals. He shared a post from the Capitals about about their, their Instagram series, Between Two Blue Lines. With the, with the message, my line mates, could you imagine F they're losers? (laughs) Yeah, this is bad. (laughs) This is so bad. One, if you must have a conversation like this, don't have it on Instagram where everything is saved forever. And it's 100% saved forever. Have it on Snapchat if you must. I mean, I'm not condoning this at all. But if you're going to talk trash about your teammates and former teammates and their significant others, don't do it. Really don't do it on social media at all. Try to avoid doing it. And... Yeah, there's just so much dumb going on here. One, having this conversation in the first place because it's incredibly dumb. Two, doing it on Instagram where it's very easy to get access to. Any hacker worth half their salt could probably get access to this. And three, making an apology. I mean, he apologized, but... Yesterday, my friend's Instagram account was hacked and an individual circulated images that are representative of private conversations I was a part of. I fully recognize how inappropriate and offensive these comments are and sincerely apologize to everyone for my actions. I am committed to learning from this and becoming a better person by taking time to determine how to move forward in an accountable, meaningful way. I am truly sorry. That sounds like a YouTuber apology if I have ever heard one. Slightly better than a YouTube apology, but it has that same energy, if if you know what I mean. Like, this is really bad. And it's now fallen on his younger brother, too, who was playing college hockey at the University of Manitoba. They kicked him off the team. <laughs> and if we're being honest, that's probably going to happen to Brendan. It's going to happen to Brendan Leipzig. Jeremy's already gone. He is removed from the University of Manitoba Bison's men's hockey team. Which, like I said, is probably deserved. And he wasn't even talking about his own teammates. He was just saying terrible things about his brother's teammates. What do you think is going to happen to him? <laughs> the Caps just said, we will handle this matter internally. I have no idea what that means. That's very much PR speak. And it means they're probably going to cut him. But let's be real here. Brendan Leipzig has been in the NHL for five years. He's played on five different teams in those five years. That's not a great track record. Like NHL players, most NHL players don't play on five teams in their entire career. The average, I would say, is about three. And that's over the course of an entire career, not your first five seasons. That's a bad, bad look for, for old Brendan. And I was, I, I searched his name and I was looking for a little bit more on this story. And the first tweet that popped up was actually from the flyers space of Twitter, probably because I have followers and like follows in common with the person who tweeted this. It's a video of Nick kubel just beating up Brendan Leipzig. And I'm thinking, if he ever returns to the NHL, if and when the NHL returns and he is still on the Caps, which is kind of unlikely, and he plays anywhere at all in the NHL, he's probably going to get beat up. He's definitely going to get beat up by Tanner Pearson the next time he sees him on or off the ice (laughs) on the ice. It's legal. So that's probably where it'll happen. But if they are ever playing in the same arena again, which if they're both still in the NHL is going to happen eventually, that's going to be one of the ugliest fights in NHL history. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be bad. Called his wife fat and laughed about it? No. (laughs) No, no, no. And now his line mates also probably hate his guts. Called them losers. That's, uh... It's not going to end well. That is not going to end well at all. And it's going to be really funny. I kind of feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, he did this to himself. I think this is going to be a lesson to other NHL players to maybe not do this. Because he's probably going to get beat up more than a few times when the NHL comes back, if he's even still playing. If I were his two linemates, I wouldn't want to play with him. I wouldn't want to play with him at all. And I don't know what the mood is in the Caps locker room. I don't know how the rest of the guys on that team feel about him. I mean, Alex Ovechkin is an open supporter of Vladimir Putin. So like that is not a locker room full of saints. <laughs> but they're but directly insulting your line mates. That could be bad. That could be really bad. And I wouldn't be surprised if they cut him. If I were in charge of the Caps, I would cut him. Some some team will take a chance on him. And then he'll get beat up whenever they play the Canucks. But we'll see. We We shall see when it comes to that. And just a little bit up the George Washington Highway. I mean, this didn't actually happen there because he doesn't, he doesn't live in Baltimore, but Earl Thomas. What? What? Wait, what? This is another, how can you possibly be so dumb? So the, the, the timeline events as I, of events, as I understand it is, Earl Thomas and his wife get into an argument in the morning about his alcohol consumption. I have never heard about this, but apparently that's an issue. He leaves with his brother. The fact that it's his brother will become important later. He's been gone for a few hours. So she checks his Snapchat And there is a video on his Snapchat of him just partying it up with some other women. So there's that. And he left his location tracking on. So she knew she had a general idea of where he was. So she grabs his gun, goes to the house and finds him in bed with multiple other women and his brother. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So one of the Raven's best defensive backs had a wild, crazy orgy with his brother. And his wife, her sister, and one of her friends showed up with his gun. She pointed it at his head. And the cops were called. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) I mean, I know what's going on. Earl Thomas cheated on his wife and got caught. But still, that is a more extreme ver... Like, that... Men have... Many, many men have cheated on their wives and gotten caught. I don't think it's ever been like this. (laughs) Where his gun... His brother, her sister, and one of her friends were all involved. She pointed his gun at his head. I don't know what... I don't know where they go from here. I This is another one where I think the Ravens have to cut him because, like... And the the funniest part of all of this is his response to it was, These things happen. These things happen? This is not something that happens to the average person, Earl. This isn't something that happens to the average person at all. And I don't know where the Ravens go from here on this. Because, well, let me just read you Mark Ingram's Twitter quote. The initial tweet from Earl Thomas. Please, no questions about the incident with my wife and brother. Respect our privacy. The reply from Mark Ingram. Bro, no questions about your wife catching you and your brother with the same chick. Then a gun gets involved. Nah, mother effer, we got questions. So, clearly, this is spread to the locker room. and. Just given the Ravens history with this kind of thing, Earl Thomas probably not going to be on the team this year. They are, they have kind of a zero tolerance policy when it comes to this. I mean, not necessarily cheating, but his gun getting involved. I know it was pointed at him, but still. And oh man, I don't even know. I don't even know where they go with this what the Ravens do. I haven't heard anything today. I'm guessing, I'm guessing Steve Bashotti, Eric DaCosta, and John Harbaugh have probably at least been in communication with each other about this. I mean, Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh are neighbors. That's probably not that hard. And hopefully they've been in communication with Earl Thomas about this to see where to go from here. Because this is not something that happens every day, despite Earl Thomas's kind of weird nonchalance about the whole thing. We'll see. It, it was weird in, in Baltimore and D.C. sports. And this all happened on the same day. I don't get it. Th- this is just proof that we need sports back, so all the athletes can stop doing stupid things (laughs) because that's what we need. Cause without, without games, they're losing their minds. Cause it's NHL's or NFL's actual off season right now. So, and this is when all the crazy stuff happens. Crazy stuff always happens with the NFL in the off season. Now it's just also happening to everyone else who are normally in playoff mode right now or the teams who have been eliminated or didn't make the cut are just at home doing nothing, trying to recover from the toll that a long season and possibly playoffs took on their bodies. So I don't know where the Ravens go from here. I don't know where the Caps go from here. It's definitely an unusual situation, but it's just further proof that 2020 is absolutely insane. But there is hope. There is hope we will have sports back soon. Both the NBA and Major League Baseball are sending their return plans to the players unions soon. And a lot of the talk, at least for baseball, is that they'll do like a second spring training at in like mid to late June and then start the season at the beginning of July, which. I'm good with, I can wait, I can wait a little bit longer. I have no problem waiting a little bit longer. Same with the NBA and the NHL. If you want to come back in like late June, early July, I don't care because normally that's the time of year where there's not a whole lot of sports going on. You get individual baseball games and they really don't mean all that much. Individual base, individual regular season baseball games don't, actually mean all that much in the the grand scheme of things. I think they'll mean a little bit more now. People will be more excited for them. But, and it's probably not going to be a full 162 game season. It's probably going to be more like 120, which should be the number anyway. So, hopefully, that can progress it's good to see them finally planning instead of just continuously kicking the can down the road like mls players are already back to training like they're probably gonna be the first to come back like other than golf golf already made a plan they made a plan like a month ago when i very much respect them for it and obviously ufc is back this weekend but like team sports the, the more traditional thing you think of when you think of sports will hopefully be back soon. And if California and Oregon can stop being stupid and say, oh, hey, we need to wait until there's a vaccine. Dude, there's not a vaccine for SARS. There's not a vaccine for MERS. And that outbreak was years ago. We still don't have a vaccine for either of those things. And did, I mean, those outbreaks never got that bad in the U.S., but did we completely cancel events waiting for a vaccine for them? No. I I have a conspiracy theory that I think certain governors have enjoyed the captive audience they've had for the past two months and don't want to give that up just yet during an election year, but I won't get too much into politics because I hate it too. But the NBA and MLB are making plans to come back. I have to assume the NHL is too. Just they may not be as far along. And as a native of the state of Maryland, I do have at least some appreciation for the sport of lacrosse and the Premier Lacrosse League and NBC have come to an agreement to do a full two week long tournament in July to... Fill the the gaping void the Olympics left in the summer. I mean, the Olympics next year are going to be absolutely insane, but there there's a vo- a gaping hole in this summer with no Olympics. And now we have two weeks of lacrosse, and I I enjoy a good lacrosse game. So and. It's normally a lot harder to watch (laughs) until you get to like the end of the college season. Lacrosse is really hard to come by on TV. So getting professional play on NBC for two weeks, sign me up (laughs) because, and I think this is, this is a good thing for the premier lacrosse league too, to kind of stave off, the lack of money. I mean, that TV deal with NBC they signed for last season was great. But the fact that they're gonna do something this year when people are sports deprived, I mean it's it's late July, so baseball and the NBA and the NHL could be could be back by then. But people are gonna be so sports starved from three almost four months of no sports they're going to get a lot of eyeballs. And I'm okay with that because from what I've seen of the premier lacrosse league last year, their games are pretty good. (laughs) Their games are really good. And I, as, like I said, as a Marylander, I have an appreciation for some good lacrosse. So I'm all, I'm, I am on board. I am on board with a two week lacrosse tournament to fill the gap that the Olympics getting bumped to next year created. So there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. If uh, if the other forty eight states could just put some pressure on, or other forty seven could uh, just put some pressure on uh, California, Oregon, and Illinois to stop being stupid, we'll be able to enjoy a crap ton of sports this fall, and it's going to be so good because let's be real if if the other states are completely open there's no way those two are going to stick to that there's no way and i think i think other states aren't going to be that dumb because that's too much time to keep doing this but not going to get into that 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 is a topic for someone else much more informed than an idiot talking to his, into his mic in a spare bedroom in his house about sports and video games. But that is it for today's show. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy your weekends. Enjoy whatever you're going to watch this weekend. And I will talk to you on Tuesday. See you then.